Happy High Noon, friends. You are tuned in to the AltaCast, or whatever this has become. The Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, will be in later on in the cast. Excited about that. Good to see her in person. Didn't have a nervous breakdown this week. Yay. Not her, me. Because <laughs> of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up next week, starting Sunday, October 9th, running through the 16th. The full eight days of amazing programming here at mutinyradio.fm. You'll be able to listen live to master classes and podcasts from people all over the U.S. and local comics as well. We've got 99 comics performing all week long. Super excited for shows at the Alameda Comedy Club and eight other venues. Uh, Comedy Crawl on Friday the 14th hitting Baby Blues Barbecue, El Rio, and then the bar on Dolores. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. 30 bucks, and you get a t-shirt. The Phoenix Day Block Party on Sunday the 16th is going to be amazing with 40 comics performing over five hours. We're going to have the Bacon Bacon Food Truck, three art vendors, Gnome Studios, Jenner Davis, and Creator SF will all be selling their beautiful art and we're going to have a family fun hub where we will be creating an enormous chalk mural in the street because the street's going to be closed for the block party. Thank you, Livable City, the producers of Sunday Streets and of the Phoenix Day Block Party series that's going to be happening all over town on Sunday the 16th. Hey, and on the 15th, this is exciting, the Noise Pop Block Party is happening here in the neighborhood the streets will all be closed down, and we have a 2 o'clock show at Atlas Cafe. So get your tickets so you can have a seat for that amazing comedy show that will be happening during the Noise Pop Block Party. The streets are going to be closed for that as well. Two big days uh, at the end of the comedy festival, if I survive. I'm sure I will. A lot of shows, a lot of shows. So we have OMG and Emperor Norton's Booze Land. Those are both in the TL. And then in the mission, we have a little pod right here of Mutiny Radio, Madam Racecar, and Atlas. And then if you go farther out, the other pod is Baby Blues Barbecue and the Bar on Dolores and El Rio. And then all the way over there, Alameda. So those are our nine venues this year. You can pick up your tickets and see the whole schedule at mutinyradio.fm. Other exciting news Happening in my life personally, Pam Benjamin, yay for me. I get to headline for my first time ever at Tommy T's in Pleasanton. And I'm really excited about that. And that's on October 20th. It's a Thursday. So (laughs) if you live in the East Bay, come out and see me headline for the first time. (sighs) You know, I've been doing this for 11 and a half years and I finally get to headline. Woo! It's really tough, though, because my entire set right now, as I've written it out, it's all feminist jokes, and it's just too much. I mean, I mean, I don't even want to hear myself talk about feminism that much. No, I do. I fucking, I'm political as fuck. It's hard. The abortion jokes I have, they're not flying right now, and, I'm, and I just, I'm going to try to make them work before, <laughs> before I'm at a Tommy T's. It's political. All right, we're political here on the AltaCast. I'm sorry. I, I can read. I'm a witch. I was going to be self-indulgent 
and run a bunch of jokes here at the top of the show just to see if I have, well, if I can do 35 without even trying, just from the top of my head, just like, hey, everybody. And I know, I, I think, okay, but I don't think today's the day to do it. I think today is the day to work on promotion for the festival while listening to an awesome podcast um, on the station. There's so many great music shows here. So starting on Sundays, you've got Found Round Sound at noon, noon to two. That's the companion show of Flat Black Plastic from Saturday, noon to two. And amazing musical soundscape every week. We've got the final hour on Sundays from 10 to midnight. Always great music. And before that, Old Soul Radio. Yes. Hip hop and away. And then four to six, we have Ugly Sundays. So really great music here at the station. Tuesdays, so such wonderful four-hour block. You've got Bug House Square from 6 to 8, and then Claudia and the Loaf from 8 to 10. Both wonderfully curated musical shows. And Wednesday, Gates of Delirium. Yeah, all prog rock. And incredible stuff, right? I, all music, and I love it. And uh, keep supporting Mutiny Radio. Throw us some money at our Venmo, Mutiny Radio, or become a Patreon member and give us money every month. Yay, to bring you music and stuff. So, I think I'm going to play... Well, first, I'm going to play something from Anathema, a poetry buddy over there in England. And they're an amazing poet. And part of the Wednesday CPCL Choose Poetry, Choose Life, noon to two here, but there I think it's eight o'clock. In, and there's it's all Glasgow and Scotland. It all, you know, it's, you, if you've listened to CPCL, Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Also goes by AJ. And uh, amazing stuff. And um, we're going to listen to some of that right now, and then we'll come back with some music probably from Found Around Sound because Scotto Walker is just an audiophile and always, always the coolest, weirdest, best music and sounds and things. He has this one record that's The Hypnotist and it's amazing because it's like a, from the 50s or something and it's about stopping smoking one of them and one of them's about losing weight and it's just really funny. And great. And then he'll have like bird sounds and shit. Anyway. Before I play this next piece of uh, podcast poetry lore, go get your tickets. MutinyRadio.fm. See the whole schedule. Check out the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival this year. And tell your friends and bring them. Okay. Uh, Enjoy. Enjoy this. The Whitewater Tyranny, Twitter and the Neoliberal Workplace. So, I've been off Twitter now for a month. The longest period in my life of me not using that site since I got my first smartphone in 2009 and started an incredible 13-year run of chatting absolute shite online. An astonishing achievement, even if I was forced to leave as a result of being banned for being beastly about that nice Mr. Putin, So, a month later, what are my thoughts? One of the things I've noticed most is how similar being on Twitter was to my last job before I went mad, caught Covid and became a crip. 
As you'll recall, I used to work in a call centre, and it sucked. And it especially sucked when our managers decided to outsource the work of the specialist department I used to work in to a centre in a country ran by a homophobic dictator because of his country's looser regulatory environment. Woo! Keep sponsoring those prides, guys! The new department I got moved to was busier. Much busier. And suddenly, I got the full experience of genuinely being battered by call after call after call. Where once I had had time to do all the admin that I was required to do for each customer without having to take myself off the phones, I now found myself trying to get it taken care of in the course of calls themselves, to minimise my whole time, all while giving the customer my full attention and having real conversations, obviously. It was stress of a kind I'd never experienced, and I've worked retail over Christmas. But the thing about a physical queue is that it has an end you can see. Even if more and more people keep joining it, you can work it down. All you see in a call centre is a number. And that number rarely goes down. And it hardly ever reaches zero. Unless something's gone wrong. Oh. How we all used to pray things would go wrong. Of course, the customer doesn't see this side of the affair. All they hear is the hold music, constantly interrupted by recorded declarations that your call is important to us, reminders that you are 89th in the queue, and constant patronising interjections that this is so much easier to do online. It's no wonder that even the nicest customers were a little tetchy by the time they got through to a human. But let's be honest, this is Britain. Nice customers were rare. More common by far were angry, lazy, judgmental scum who more often than not just wanted someone to shout at to make them feel better about their own mistakes, their own inability to remember that some places are shut on bank holidays, that debts generally have to be paid, that it doesn't matter how much money they have in their bank account, we could not, in fact, do things for them which were illegal and certainly couldn't agree to do that kind of thing on the phone. If you've worked in one of these places, you know the kind of thing, and the vitriol that results when you tell these entitled creeps no. And how did I choose to spend my lunch times and the 50-minute breaks I was lucky to work enough hours to qualify for? I spent them browsing Twitter. I mean, not the whole time. During lunch I'd usually do a little reading, whether on break or lunch I'd usually have to piss, but like most of us these days, I would scroll on the toilet, and there were always notifications coming in, replies, retweets, and likes. I would sit by the canteen window, my lunch on the bar, a book in my hand, my phone laid to one side, but within easy reach like an ashtray, and every now and then it would vibrate. And, because I was a trans woman on Twitter, the replies I got were often every bit as vicious, as vituperative, as vile as the abuse I would receive from angry customers. I'm not saying getting abused on Twitter is the exclusive purview of us trannies, obviously. You get the same kind of crap if you're black, or brown, or gay, or a woman, or espouse left-wing views. Regular readers will be aware I tick three of those boxes, too, though it's by no means an exhaustive list. In a society which is systemically racist, cissexist, misogynist, and riddled with neoliberalism, 
It would be a miracle if Twitter didn't replicate those dynamics. What's different is the speed. Just like the queues on the call centre phones, the Twitter queue was never ending. But the clever bit was, in amongst the tides of shit, there would be flecks of gold. A genuinely valuable reply. An incisive quote tweet. A diss that was, at least, original and well-constructed, rather than just some genitally-obsessed weirdo yelling, PENIS! And always, the steady stream of likes and retweets from good comrades. Appreciation. Interaction. Dopamine. Look, odds are you don't need me to tell you how shit Twitter is. There's a good chance you've experienced it yourself. But that dopamine hit is why we keep coming back. My employer's internal propaganda told me I was a valued member of staff, and not just an emotional punch bag for the worst people in the country, but that was transparently fake. They didn't value me, they didn't see me as a person, they just needed me to fill a chair. But on Twitter, real people, actual humans, were tapping a digital heart and telling me they liked the things I said. They showed things that I said to their friends. They got in touch and said I made them laugh, and I got such feedback almost instantly. My employers could go on about how much they valued me, but Twitter showed me I was loved. And that was almost worth the times it showed me how much I was hated. Until one day, it wasn't. Slowly, imperceptibly, Twitter became more like work. Not just in the sense of having to wade through more and more angry dickheads every day, but in the sense of constant, hostile surveillance. All social media is a surveillance operation to some extent, obviously. A shout out here to the poor sod from the FBI who has to monitor mutiny radio's output. But just as they rely on us to self-report by logging in and giving updates, and because the internet will always be shit under capitalism, Twitter decided to outsource the problem of moderating the gargantuan quantity of information passing through its site to its users too. Sure, they had an algorithm as well, but they seemed to have relied mainly on reports from users, which of course allowed turverts and their fascist incel chums to run mass reporting campaigns on anyone from groups they didn't like who was getting too popular. It's not lost on me that the alt I moved to after my main got nuked only started to experience problems when my retweets started getting into the thousands again. Make no mistake, this shit is organised. You might even call it cancellation. But even before my alt got nuked too, there was no escaping the fact that Twitter wasn't what it used to be, because people I liked and followed were dealing with bans too. And sure, they were coming back with alts, but you had to faff on finding them. And people who didn't want to do this dance were forced to watch what they said to avoid having accounts, which in some cases they depended on for their livelihood, taken down. And meanwhile, of course, the abuse directed at us never stopped. Sometimes we scored victories, getting the penis botherer Helen Staniland removed, or sending Graham Linehan home to cry into his carbonara, but for the most part, it seemed much harder to get a transphobe banned for actual abuse than to get a trans woman kicked off the platform for using the word prick. 
Suddenly, logging into Twitter was a lot like going to work in the neoliberal workplace, a zone of surveillance in which you constantly self-monitor, policing your expression, and where you can't help but notice people whose faces fit never face sanctions, while you know you're being watched for the slightest deviation from the accepted behavioural norm. By the time they fired me, I wanted to get fired. And sure, adjusting has been hard. You do get withdrawal symptoms. How could you not? Your brain misses those constant little dopamine boosts. And even scrapping with turverts has its chemical reward, the adrenaline of conflict, not to mention the dopamine from people retweeting your disses. Suddenly, that's all cut off. And Facebook is shit methadone. You twitch. You pace. You drum your fingers. You start playing Wordle again. You think about buying a burner phone, setting up a Proton mail address and starting over. But why? You'll probably just get kicked off again. There are, however, benefits. I read a lot more now, and when I read, I read for longer, because my brain is growing less and less habituated to the need to be constantly checking my phone, which I sometimes leave in the other room when I go for a piss now. Such social media as I remain on has a slower update pace, especially given that I tend to police my friends list elsewhere much more carefully than I did on Twitter. I can watch whole films without interrupting myself now. It's too early, I think, to say what it's done to my writing. There is a discipline you develop as a writer from having to fit your thoughts into as close to 280 characters as possible, especially if you eschew text speak. But on the other hand, I now find it much easier to lay out a longer argument and write from point to point, even in a Facebook status update, and the last two entries on this blog consist of text from Facebook updates, which I thought would benefit from being easier to find if I need to refer back to them. I hope that I am staying the right side of prolixity here. I don't know if I'm less angry. Sometimes I feel more rage for not having the outlet. But overall, and importantly, although I miss the interaction with some individual tweeters, I don't miss Twitter itself, despite having been on it since 2009, because Twitter is no longer the site that I joined in 2009, and hasn't been for quite some time.
inside, oh yeah.
Yay, we did it. You were listening to some found round sound there in the interim. I am joined now by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Good afternoon. Woo. How was your, your bike ride was uh, hardcore today, huh? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i on two shots of espresso and Ooh. not enough full fuel, meaning food. So I need to do something about that. Uh, but uh, my bike ride was fine. So, and the sun has finally came out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the mission always flat and sometimes sunny. Kind of one of the only places in the city today that'll be sunny and it's great. Yay. Hey, speaking of sunny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, really paying attention to, I don't know, I'm, I don't know if you've been reading about the whole uh, Kanye West, uh, <laughs> the White Lives Matter. I'm so... I'm so uh, unhip. I thought Kanye West was an airline. No, uh, what's I have no idea what's going on with Kanye. Please, all I right. Can't wait to know. Okay, so th- it is Paris Fashion Week, and so Ooh. Kanye, I'm sorry, uh, basically had a fashion show where he has him and Candace Owens, who is a despicable, despicable human being, came out wearing White Lives Matter shirts. What? Yes. Kanye West was wearing a white lives matter, hashtag wife, white lives matter. White, white wives matter. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, now we know how crazy this Negro has been ever since, you know, the slavery is a choice thing several years back. And what? then the, the Trump, you're like my father to me. And, you know, Whoa. gave him all a big lap. That was like three or four years ago. So to me, he's already been dismissed. But the fact of the matter is now, it, it's just like, I'm actually more pissed off at us in the community that still support him, that buy his expensive ass homeless looking shit, um, who forgive him at every point. I don't know when it's going to take the people of the diaspora to really stop supporting this white supremacist. He might be the Antichrist. You know, I always thought, I mean, there's Clarence Thomas. I mean, he's right. (laughs) But like he might because he has so much worldwide influence over so many people. He might be the Antichrist, Kanye West, that he's denying his own his he's denying his own self, his own history for the capitalist uh, tagline of. White lives matter, really? Yeah. White. Li- now, is he position? Is he positioning himself as a villain to get attention, or is oh, he? You, you know, it's all about for attention. Okay. You know, most definitely, and co- uh, capitalism. But it's like, how low can you go? To I mean, I like it. Like it's we already know- his own self. It's like it's sick, right? It's it's. I mean, I don't know what is he going to start using like skin bleach, like. Like, um, <laughs> that's next, right? Like Michael Jackson or, yeah. or I'm, Sammy Sosa. <laughs> I mean, how much more can you, it, how is much, it a publicity much, stump? Now, can we forgive him because it's a publicity stunt? I can't or forgive him at these, all. These kind of publicity stumps, stunts are unacceptable. Well, we already know that, uh, even the, the FBI has said that the most, the the highest alert right now is domestic terrorism by white supremacy. Wow. And so when you have a person that is very influential like Kunye, it's kind of hard to even, yes, it is for attention. 
yes, he got he did get everyone's attention worldwide. Sure. Hopefully he'll lose some endorsements. But it, it's it's just, you know, I don't know how much tap dancing Whoa. a person can do. And, you know, mm. I, I mentioned Clarence Thomas for a hot minute, but worldwide, everyone knows who Kunye is. Sure. In contrast sure. to here stateside, we know who Clarence Thomas is. I'm starting to see a pattern of a cult that he seems like he's trying to build, like, wow. you know, like his daddy Trump. Wow. And, you know, there is a cult following of Kunye fans that that do look like me that will stand by his, you know, like, yeah, maybe he's got a point. No. Wow. I mean, he even just admitted to the fact, well, he didn't just admit, but he also said that he doesn't read that many books, which I find it kind of hard to believe in contrast to his mother was Dr. Donda West, who was a professor at Chicago State. So I really find it hard to believe that he did not read any books, which, by the way, is insulting to thyself. I'm trying to get over still that he wore not just all lives matter, but white specifically. You should check out white the lives book. matter. That is like check it out. You should check. He totally well, it, it harkens back to that very funny Dave Chappelle sketch where yes. he was a black Klansman and Clayton they took Bixby. off his yeah, he took off his hood and he was black and he was like, what? We're going to kill them. And, and it was like, I thought that was so funny that a blind person. I thought the concept was fucking brilliant. Dave Chappelle. It's, it, it, you know what? And that's funny that you mentioned that because Twitter has most definitely have been, they've been calling him Clayton Bigsby. Yeah. And how sure. funny that 20 years ago, Dave Chappelle did do that. And we're seeing life imitate art. Absolutely. Within it, it's so. And how old was Kanye back then? Just a kid. No, well, he was, he was in his twenties. Okay. No, sorry. He's 45. What? He's 45 and should know better. I that's. Well, it's that he's, I mean, so this is the definition the of selling effect. out, though. This is, so some people say, oh, well, you're not selling out, you're buying in. And when you deal with fame or you deal with notoriety and you have a platform and suddenly you're thrust into the limelight and we, I think there's a responsibility that goes with that. I, I know you agree with me, but he, it seems that he has taken it to a whole new level and really sold out to capitalism. And I can't imagine how he's financially gaining from negating his own self. It's like, it would be like if, I mean, I guess I'm kind of a misogynist, but if I had some huge platform and I came out with like, yeah, super excited that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Girl, women should get back in the kitchen. We should absolutely go back to family mm -hmm. values of the 50s where uh, women were subjugated. Uh, we need to go back to the rule of thumb. We need to go back to heavy-handed uh, when you know you, you could legally beat your wife if she wouldn't shut the fuck up as long as you didn't leave a mark. So yeah. that was fine back then. I'd beat her with a switch. And they say back to the 50s, oh, make America great again. Totally racist statement. What was happening to African Americans in the 50s? Jim Segregation. Crow. Jim Crow. Still, like, we've had, uh, I can't believe, why are we, when a person erases history that is of that group, I, I don't know. It's just we can't, I, we have to pay attention to the past to move forward. I, I totally agree. And I think what's going on is I, I'm really sick and tired of how obsessive like celebrity culture has gotten into, I, I, I hate to say this, but to politics, especially when people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And unfortunately, we live in a worldwide society, not just here in America, but worldwide, where the obsession with celebrity and fame goes beyond people's 
intellectual capacity. Sure. And so people only, I mean, they believe these people and they worship these people to like sure. a cult following. Like, you know, you have people that are a bunch of Kanye fans that'll do anything for the cult. You have a bunch of people who, who else has a cult? Like well, Nicki Minaj has a cult of people that no Lizzo, one say. maybe? Lizzo has a cult of people, but they don't harass and bully. Okay. You know, there, I mean, the thing is there are, there are no leaders. There's just too many followers. Huh. And even we are living in a culture society where if you don't stand with some celebrity, you, you're not standing for anything. And I huh. think that's where this is where it's becoming really, really dangerous. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly talking to people of color because with that being said, a lot of us are starting to look like you're buying into the white supremacy ideology due Oof. to the fact of your favorite celebrity says white lives matter or Oof. your favorite celebrity says don't get the COVID vaccine because your your balls might shrink. That's what Nicki Minaj said, I oh, swear God, to God. Um, we can't, you know, misinformation. And, and the thing is, even with us in the diaspora, I'm really tired of the irresponsibility that some of these celebrities are doing with us. Yeah. You're not, I, I don't even know if it's just buying in. I think it's just a bunch of sellouts. And <laughs> some of us have gotten so lazy to do your own research and find your own. Because by the way, with all the information that's out there, especially with your, with, you know, with black health and the black community and our, what's going on within our society. And don't forget about mass incarceration. Mass incarceration. We still haven't. We all sort of right. forgot about that. Oh, and police brutality. And police brutality. That's still happening. That That's what been. Black Lives Matter was all about in the first place. And then, you know, unfortunately, the organiz organization mm, really ruined it for us. But the words Black Lives Matter come out of police brutality and Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. And so, again, we're losing that due to the fact of because your favorite celebrity, you want to buy into that. And slavery is a come yeah, on now. Mm -mm. Y'all really y'all. Mm -mm, no. And the thing mm -mm. is that for, for the for the white people that maybe or the the, the non diaspora for the people that are OK, I'm white. Let's say white when they went to. Well, it's. It's it's all lives matter. The thing is that we need to bring the reason that we had that it had to happen. The Black Lives Matter. We have to turn attention to it. Is that people are being brutalized? There is still mass inequity in the system against people of color, and we need to recognize that. And when people are murdered, and it's continually happening from a governmental place police is part of our government whether it's local whether it's it's i guess police is local but when we have institutionalized racism and we're not acknowledging it it continues to be a problem so it isn't that when people go like but all lives matter it's like okay well you're we already know your life matter like okay i get it i'm white i already know my life matters everything's catered to me i get it thank you what we need to do now is turn our attention to people who have been subjugated and have continued to be subjugated and who we've used their labor to build this country and to make America great yet isn't let's make America great again when we enslaved people indentured servitude <laughs> when we murdered Chinese people if you want to pay them in the railroad times when slave yeah and then we can even go back to uh fucking Abraham Lincoln everyone's like Abraham Lincoln he's such a he's such an emancipator he's so great okay yeah but did he really do it for 
humanitarian no, needs for money. No, it, it was, was capital- money. It was capitalism. It was capitalism. Because, capitalism. Yeah, that's something that they don't like to talk about. It wasn't because, oh, I believe in, in black people and they're humans. It was just about the good almighty dollar. It was about the people in the North being pissed at people at the South because they had to pay for their labor and the South was making more money and they were having these lavish lifestyles because they didn't have to pay for labor. Yeah, we get it. Free labor is the best way to go. That's why wives, that's why marriage is so incredible because it's free labor. Wives don't get W-2s, they don't get 401ks, they don't get paid for their work, for neither their sex work, nor their family work, nor their cooking work, nor any of the work and the labor that they provide, not paid for it. That's slavery, you know, in a sense. But that's how our country was built. Was and then it sucks. And we have to look back and say, hey, I'm still... Reparations, this whole like Biden forgiving everybody $10,000 on their student loans, that's amazing. But, oh, by the way, uh, some red states are suing Biden because of that. Ah. My home state's one of them, Ah. but sorry. It's like, can we educate the people? But I think that the easiest way for us to acknowledge reparations right here, right now, is to say any POC uh, that had family here from certain, like if you just emigrated here, I don't know if we give you the free college, but if you have if you have any Native American uh, ancestry in you whatsoever, if you have any POC and you've been here for generations and somehow we used you to build this country, you should get reparations. You should go to college for free. You should I be agree. able to go to any college anywhere in the United States for fucking free because we used you. <laughs> uh, and thank you. <laughs> And here's education. And it's not enough. It's It'd be great if we could, like, I don't know, as a humanity, as a group, as a society, acknowledge the fucking shit we did and go, hey, sorry about that. Can we, I mean, it, it, this is a starting place to try to move on. But until we even acknowledge the wrongs, the major wrongs, I mean, Native yeah. Americans in this country, you know, you oh, have, totally. it's totally. Totally. And we kept taking, and then the thing that made me crazy is like, first we go like, oh, this is all our land from sea to shining sea. And then we're like, here, okay, so we're going to push you this way. Okay, so this is your land. And then they're like, okay, this is our land. And then we go in and go, oh, da, 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 da. That, that's not your land. Da, da, da. Okay, here's some other land. Okay. And then we went in and said, da, 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 da. that's not your land. Here, da, 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 this other land. And then we go, oh, I know how to fix it. We're going to give you the opportunity to uh, use gambling, which is nice. But that's but not, not reparations. Every, not everybody, not every tribe was able to get that. So that's another factor as well. I mean, have we talked about some of the reservations that are still around, like in Oklahoma or the Dakotas, that still are suffering with alcohol and drug abuse and mm-hmm. poverty, mm-hmm. and they're pushed off? Come on, man. No I mean, upward mobility. And if we gave everyone free education and made made it equitable for people to have access to the tools to help them forward themselves, their future, their families, all of that. That's a, that's at least a starting place. And that we haven't figured out how to do that yet. It just it's, blows my mind. It blows my mind. And the thing is like, I, I expect that from outsiders that are within the culture of any marginalized group. But when it comes from within your culture, mm-hmm. the self-hate, to me, that is something that I loathe the most. Mm-hmm. Because how dare you, knowing that you are in a marginalized group, 
But yeah, you think tap dancing to the white savior is going to, that, that's where the selfishness comes in. That is where you, the narcissist, the, the, the narcissism comes in. Well, Jesus, for God's sake, he called himself Christ the savior. Jesus, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and you know, I, for me, to me, the self hater is one of the most dangerous people to white supremacy. Mm. Like you mentioned Clayton Bigsby. I'm also mentioned slave, a uh, slave, <laughs> uh, Samuel Jackson's character in Django. Oh, yeah, you uh -huh, know, uh -huh. we sick boss. Mr. Cherry, don't be sick. Don't die. You know, mm -hmm. that is what I'm seeing a lot of within my community and also in other communities as well. I'm seeing it a lot in the Latin community where they feel like, well, I'm just going to get mine and I'll have to throw my people under the bus. And where is, okay, so I know that um, uh, Michael Jordan had invested in, in some prisons. in prisons. Where are the, edu where are the Kanye West fucking musical scholarships for writer, rapper, underground art, beat arts. There should be, he is a, a billionaire. billionaire. And where is the, you white lives matter? What about your own people? I can't, it is, it, I, I, we should look it up and see if it exists, but why, why is not one of the most influential, wealthy African-Americans in the United States, why don't they have like a grant program for people, for, for POC? People. Well, what he has fuck? he has an expensive Kanye West school that costs thousands for you, but you know that's not aimed for us. That is like in he's in a white world. Wow! Like this is why I'm saying he this is the OJ effect all over again. Mm. If you guys don't know when I say the OJ effect, when he his famous quote is "I'm not black, I'm OJ," huh. and so <laughs> if anybody remembers. <laughs> OJ lived in his real white world until all of a sudden, when he got accused of marrying his, or uh, murdering his white wife, everyone turned on him, and then the black community came back to embrace him. See, this is what our problem is within the black community. We take back people way too easily. Mm. We're way too forgiving. We need to stop being forgiving. And especially how many times are we going to get slapped in the face or murdered? Mm. I don't know. People like this are very influential worldwide. Yeah. They change people's minds. I mean, we're, we're in an era of fascism is real. We just <laughs> noticed that Italy is going back to fascism with their female uh, prime minister, who is a far right fascist. Uh, by the way, Hillary Clinton congratulated her because she was a woman. That makes no sense, Hillary. Good job. Uh, I'm being sarcastic. Well, I like I like it when women are in positions of power. But if if they're She's like a fascist, yeah. But if they're fascists or they're like um, it's what, like it's, the Alaska lady. Oh, Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. It's actually what you were just saying a moment ago about a woman being um, uh, a misogynist within her own. Right. That's the same thing. Sure. You know. Yeah. So, but oh, going back to Kanye, why Kanye, would you do this again and again? And here's another thing. You want to charge $200 for an ugly ass sweatshirt at the gap. And you also want to talk about capitalism and how we're being screwed. Ain't that funny? Pot meat kettle. Right. Right. Uh, right. Sure. Why would I, and where's those sweatshirt sweatshops? So, well, yeah, exactly. basically, that's what I'm trying to say, too. Where are those sweatshirts being made in a sweatshop? Yeah. 
you know, sure. it's just, you know, it, it's, I'm still convinced that iPhone, that um, touchscreen technology is made from the dead souls of Chinese babies. <laughs> that there's like eight, there's that. like eight, there's like eight Chinese dead baby souls in everybody's phone. And that's what's doing all the hard work <laughs> with the, with the finger scrolling. Like, I have no idea how the fucking phones work. You know, so. I'm giving this story too much attention, which everyone's like, if you just ignore it, Maybe it'll go away, but I don't believe that all the time. You know, but fashion really does influence everybody's lives. It was remember the H and M thing with the little yes, African American boy in a monkey t shirt. Oh yes, the the coolest monkey in the jungle. I'll never forget. It was like I didn't. How did you oversight that one, or was it purposeful? So that's sometimes I wonder. Is was Kanye just being stupid? Was this just like someone said, "Oh, wear this," and he didn't think of the implications? No, he made the shirt. Oh, he made the shirt yes that's his and now he's selling the shirt for two hundred dollars at the gap well no i don't know if he's selling the shirt but he opened his paris fashion week with the white lives matter and here's the really fucked up part is all the majority of the models were black that had the shirt on whoa and here's another fun fact one of the models was lauren hill's daughter wow wow right i'm wondering what lauren hill i is know thinking. exactly <laughs> Like uh, you just lost one. You might have gained some, but you just lost, lost one. one. Yeah. yeah, like total, like the miseducation of your daughter, for real. I know. Jesus. That. Well, that's some exciting news that fashion and politics are once again entwined, and music all together. It well, it tells you it tells you how much too. I mean, he's an artist. When we go, artists really can affect the whole world, and that's so weird when you think about it. That you know that is that's the. I don't know. We're just trying to artists are just trying to affect people, but I don't know the team behind him right now, or if it's his own choices, dude. You need to. He, he needs to have a come to Jesus talk with himself. I, yeah, I, don't, I think if, it'll be better if it's just if people just. I don't know if ignoring him, if everyone just turned their back on him and he just go away. Yeah. I don't know if he because he's such an attention whore, like his ex wife. You know, it's who also was stealing from people by she got a uh, fine like 1.2 million dollars for because of a crypto scam that she oh, was a part of wow. so you know funny how that <laughs> how those two are but you know we're close to like we're about a month away from the midterms sure. and so these things are on the vo voting block I, I i'm not just talking i'm just talking about how kanye's message and there's a whole we already know what's going on especially in the country here where we have such a great divide and you have so much riding on the line of if the Democrats don't win, we're going to be in a white supremacist fascist Horror society. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, one of the prime reasons to move to Greece. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to watch this all from, watch this all burn from the outside. Dude. It's scary. What else is going on in the news? Since I, um, all I pay attention to is the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up next week, the 9th through the 16th, ending in the Phoenix Day Block Party, which is going to be incredible. Yes. Outside the station here. Yes, it's going to be great. We're going to have a family fun hub. Woo. We're going to have bacon, bacon, food truck here. We'll have some vendors. Art vendors. Some great, great comedy and entertainment. It'll be PG-13, y'all. So it will. Yeah. you don't have to worry about cover your ears. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry. Bring the kids. We're going to make the biggest, we're going to try to make the biggest chalk mural we can in the whole world. 
Yes. And uh, and I love the idea of a chalk mural too when the street is closed because it's I get to watch it degrade over time. It's like an <laughs> ephemeral art piece that then changes as the street, you know, gets run over, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the half life of a memory, yeah. et cetera. I won't I don't think we have to worry about it getting washed away completely because we haven't had that much rain. I and it's not supposed to rain next week, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, that. Oh, it's supposed they, to be next. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Um, but uh, what else is going on? Well, aren't is it mutiny go, uh, a voting? Yeah, we have we're a voting we're a, um, a voting hub a uh, we're a polling place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be coming up too. Yeah, people will vote here. Yeah. So if you guys are not registered to vote, oh my god, please, register! Please get registered. My cousin, she's turning eighteen this weekend, and so instead of giving her a pack of cigarettes and pornography. <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna go take her to get registered to vote that's great so you know it'll she'll be able to vote for the first time midterms so I think that 16 year olds should be able to I think that we should lower I the do, voting age to 16 too. I do too because sometimes yeah. some 16 year olds have better better insight well, than 36 year olds Greta Thornburg I mean she's what like a child and she's there's there's a book of hers in the bathroom she has all these well there's kids essays. that are part of the sunset uh, the sunrise movement they're an environmental group that are filled with like a lot of uh people who are minors oh you know and they were part of the people that were uh, uh helped with the the pipeline that Dang. was in the dakotas so you know you have a lot of these groups that are filled with young bodies and young spirits that know what the hell they're talking about. They're not corrupt yet. Sure. Well, they believe that the fucking world's falling apart. It's like uh, the great Pacific patch of plastic that's getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and they're finding different ways to get rid of it. And I heard that they're going to make robotic fish that eat <sighs> plastic and they work off of the biochemicals in plastics. So if you put the, if you put the robotic fish in the great, plastic patch they'll eat the plastic and then it'll make them go and i don't know maybe they have to be cleaned out or something i don't know how it would work and what happens if a shark eats a robotic fish jesus i don't know but anyways i think it's a cool idea it's a cool idea but i'm also weary on the fact what happens if that robotic fish malfunctions like do pieces of that fish like end up as plastic as well who knows that's I've... that's another thing that i'm like that sounds good but are you adding more debris if that robotic fish? I don't know. I have this thing about robots. I don't trust them. Yeah, I don't trust it either because they can eat plastic. Yeah. Like, I what just... the fuck is that got? What's that happening? I don't think we should always count on AI as a way to save things. Just like, you know, they're AI drivers. Like, I'm very worried of that because anything can malfunction. I mean, humans malfunction all the time. All the time. I'm so mad at all the space stuff right now because I'm like... Motherfucker, fix what's going on here and we don't even know what's in the depths of our oceans and what's going on mm -hmm. with the giant squid and the cephalopods that i think are aliens from another planet that came on that first uh meteor when that killed the dinosaurs and then now we've got cephalopods anyway we haven't even plumbed the depths of our own planet and right. yet we're spending billions of dollars on getting into space Fuck you guys. Spend the money fucking here, idiots. The world's falling apart. We got a great Pacific patch. We got fucking, still we're on petrochemicals. We're so dumb. We're ruining our atmosphere. Global warming's insane. Fix it here. We, we're losing our polar ice caps. Food. And food, all the stuff. I mean, well, once the temperature goes up and the, 
you know, the Sahara Desert grows, so many people are going to be displaced. Millions and millions of people are going to be displaced by weather because it's going to get so hot Mm -hmm. in certain places. It's going to become completely uninhabitable. And and you want to go to fucking Mars where it's 327 degrees? Fuck you guys. Spend the money on the Earth. Elon Musk, you're fucking nuts. Anybody who's spending money on space, I'm like, fuck you guys. Fix it here. My thing is now, I think the reason why I am very weary of when people are like, let's go to Mars. I am, it's not like when we were kids with NASA involved and we were actually trying to figure out what's in these pla- what's on these planets and the science behind it. No, what it is, what I'm seeing now is a bunch of billionaires who are trying to find a place to fuck up. <laughs> and so, or a vacation site, a way to capitalize on Uranus. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, I find it very weird because it's not about discovering what is on the, on the other planet anymore. You know, you have people like Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk, ugh that are looking to there's a certain demographic of people and we know they all have money who seem like they're trying to plan their escape once this earth officially cracks right you know but also at the same time they don't have the much of the science to back up if their survival can you imagine <laughs> like if there's a spaceship that they get on a spaceship because we know we know the Van Allen belts make it almost impossible for us to escape the atmosphere without crazy radiation. Or you, I guess you can, but it's you have to time it out really right. I don't know. But if you could be orbiting the Earth like a space station and when the Earth like exploded or whatever, then what? You're just like humans on a spacecraft with no, like, <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's that. Maybe it's, maybe it's just like Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator. And it is a huge USA ship in space that is like a huge space hotel. That's what exactly. And <laughs> and that's what people. That's what all the rich people live on after global warming becomes way too intense, and everybody's like dying and killing each other. They're like, all right, let's just orbit let's let these people stay here and melt and burn and then we can get the fuck out of here or would they orbit until the until like for 50 years or something until everybody kills each other and then they go back that that, that's quite possible all i know is with all the whole ai inventions and people being fascinated with space again it has nothing to do with the science behind it really to me it has something to do with self-absorb and 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 capitalism and i think it's disrespectful to the universe (laughs) because i am one of those people that do think there are there are other things out there that are not that are on there's other life in other planets yes i do believe that but it looks like they're trying to colonize Mm. Mm. someone else's territory that's funny yeah. because i'm only seeing white billion white male billionaires who are trying to plan their escape to colonize sure saturn <laughs> which storms often it's nothing but a storm well i think that the trouble is that because we only understand this linear concept of time that we're on and we haven't figured out the the speed of light or we haven't figured out how to travel these extreme distances 
maybe wormhole technology does exist where you can sort of fold the universe in places and you can move through sections of it but we we don't understand that the science the that isn't a science yet that's just imaginings or uh, pseudoscience or metaphysics or something that that there could possibly be a way to fold time and pass through it but that's the only way we're going to be able to get to these other places because we don't yet have the technology to do that but there might be other there might be other beings that do have that technology and when they find us boy oh boy i hope we take advantage of that stuff but who knows and what but that's the other thing is like are we we're kind of are we burning out we're burning out the planet oh hell yeah, yeah. i mean just last week we had hurricane ian that oh in is, orlando right yeah yeah in florida yeah and so like we're no we already know and even what they were talking about with hurricane Ian, i believe they said that was like the number three or fourth strongest hurricane ever hmm. because the way it didn't go like it uh, normal hurricanes should have we've noticed the change in weather patterns uh since i don't 20 plus years already sure sure you know and so even you know you still have people who are denying climate change and yet you're seeing storms go a different way and stronger and stay on land longer we thank god we're in fire season let me not yeah 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 put but dump the water on us yeah, yeah. Thank God. I mean, luckily it hasn't been a atrocious fire season, but we don't know what's going to happen next year. That's true. Our fire season could also change too. Sure. Because of lack of rain and it is getting hotter here. And and the, the oceans are getting warmer. Uh, in Greece, there was this summer just tons of jellyfish. More than ever, they had so many jellyfish because the water is so much warmer. Ugh. They also had an influx of these things called lionfish or something that are like really, really dangerous and poisonous but it's that the temperature of the water is increasing and so these fish are proliferating and there's just more of them and i mean i was on a ferry and i saw schools and schools of jellyfish from off the ferry i was like whoa so it's there's the world is changing and are we gonna stem stem the flow of it's, it's all because of the, the, the heat and the polar ice caps are melting. You can look at the glaciers. Oh, they have God. time. Um, we've done more. There's been more melt in the past 20 years on our glaciers than in the past 2,000 years or yep. something insane. It's, and so it's, you know. It, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite scary. But yet this all goes full circle back to politics and how people vote and who, you know, who doesn't believe in climate change. I mean, it, everything comes full circle, you know, with the environment and racism and capitalism yeah. and, and, and misogyny and homophobia. And gas these, prices are almost $7 a gallon right now. And why? $7 We could have had gallon. decades ago electric cars. Yeah. Didn't, I think we talked about this five, six years ago yeah. where we did a story about Willie Nelson invested a while ago into a electrical car company or to have um, uh, it be uh, fueled by corn or what have you. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget we did that story years ago. Well, but even farther back, uh, Ford, of Model T Ford guy, the original Ford guy in the late 30s, he made a car out of hemp that completely ran on hemp products and it was totally sustainable. And that's like lost history. Like people are like, hemp, nope, nope, didn't do that. 
But there was, we could have been running cars on renewable resources like hemp instead of pulling things out of the ground, petrochemicals. I mean, we just started doing that. And that's when we made all the DuPont and all the plastics and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Plastic bottles, like everything, just this, this throwaway culture. Dude, it's... I'll, I, I never knew until like um, when I went back to school how evil DuPont was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that family is just effed up. We forget about like, of course, they brought us spandex. Thank you. But uh, uh how their factories, like just a lot of these people like the Koch brothers and the DuPonts are a terror on our environment. Absolutely. But it's, but here's the thing. Are we all hypocrites when it comes to that? Yeah, because all of us have some kind of DuPont product. Oh, right now, I'm sure in this, product. in this, we could even in this room, which is like an anarchist playground, I'm sure we could find like tons of things that are both DuPont and cool. Koch brothers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, what makes vinyl? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that made out of? It used to be wax stuff and now what's some kind of plastic. plastic. So black, black plastic. I mean, it's, it's all, there's, it's the same thing with like corn syrup. Go in your, try to find anything in your, in your apartment that doesn't, or in the store that doesn't have corn syrup in it. And it's like, when did corn syrup become such a thing? And like, how did that, how are we eating? How did they feed us? And we wonder, oh, where we get all these weird cancers and all these crazy things from? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we've sort of been genetically modifying our food and making it fucking weird and processed. <laughs> and you don't think that highly processed foods don't change the genetic makeup of who we are. Like mm -hmm. we are little machines and whatever you feed your machine is what it, what it is right absolutely like the development of young girls has uh it's been proven that the genetically modified foods has rushed young girls to become pubescent very early yeah yeah crazy stuff right yeah you know when nine-year-olds are getting boobies you're like what i mean what? you're you're the the age that most uh young girls usually get hit puberty is probably like 11 12 13 but now if they're getting like eight that's, and not like that's insane that's yeah there's wow. something wrong in the water well there's but and i wonder back in caveman days we only lived till we were like 30 so oh i've been I dead mean, <laughs> right but they only they didn't we didn't live very long because you know it's caveman and shit so i was i wonder when our reproductive systems became like active and how that worked. Cause if you only live to your 30, 15 is middle age. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Dude, you probably be a grandmother at 15. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> Grandma. Mm. Right. Oh my God. The invention of language. Uh, we can take it all back. Which people don't know anymore anyway. Oh, well that the one thing I do take solace in is that William Burroughs said, in the early 70s that the highest form of communication is when we move to a place of pictograms so he basically thought he when we can communicate in pictures so we thought about emojis before emojis basically but we can have a whole conversation now with no words at all just by mm -hmm. doing emojis and that's so funny to me that those are recognizable and that we're like oh that's just another language that well, kids have created isn't that how we would, even before language, that's how we would basically uh, 
tell a story. Sure. You know, that's how, you know, we would, you know, it would be the picture emojis. But, um, I mean, not picture Fire. emojis. Yeah. Yeah. Chalk, cave drawings. Yeah, cave drawings. But unfortunately, now there people who are, are not using language. People don't even, don't even know the definitions of words anymore, it's which true. really makes me salty. Absolutely. You know, can't read cursive, can't write it, not taught it anymore. <laughs> That's can't so read, old. can't write. Oh, even even some Generation Y people agree with the fact. I can't believe they don't train, they don't do Teach cursive, cursive anymore. anymore yeah. I'm like, so you you they get it too. Some of them get it. Some of them get it. No, the I I mean, society moves along. I'm such a luddite. I'm staying in the past, but I still write checks for peak sake. I know, me too. I love checks, and people are like, "Can you like do that?" I'm like, "No, I need a paper. I need a paper trail. <laughs> I need a paper trail on this." Thank you. I'm trying to run a business here. <laughs> trying to run true. a weird socialist business. You fucking weirdos. <laughs> Buy mean, your tickets for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yes, please. It's coming up. It's next week. Next week, starting on Sunday. I can't believe it. We're already here. We're already here. Yeah. And we're, we're already close to your birthday, too. I know. I don't even want to think about that. Oh. I haven't had a nervous breakdown this week yet. I had, like, four last week. So this week, no nervous breakdowns. That's good. I mean, not yet. We'll see what happens. I'm going to try. I will t I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I Buy some tickets, friends. I would rather you have a nervous breakdown last week and the week before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get it out before. Before the actual week. Yeah, because this is the week. And the next week, or I think you are going to start seeing more people become buying interested tickets, yeah. in buying tickets I and hope stuff so. like that, I hope so. you know. And plus, I mean, it's, come on, it's it's free comedy. It's not free. I mean, it's not Some free Some days comedy. are free. Some things I mean, are free. Excuse me, the block party. The block party's free. Yeah, but please check out the shows at, there's going to be shows all week yeah nine nine venues it's pretty crazy those aren't going to be pg-13 though so no no don't not bring the at kids all. to that <laughs> uh actually we have two kids that are literally 13 well they just turned 14 liam renault and uh luca branches are two of our comics this year and and they are 13 14 they're 14 years old one of them's a freshman in high school and the other one is still in eighth grade and they have good jokes they're really funny luca branches is killing it uh, wasn't didn't wasn't he the one that did uh, last year? He did last year's noise pop too, yeah. And the great thing about this year, noise pop block party is on the fifteenth, and so is the Atlas show. So yes. it's during the block party. So like this week, that weekend's going to be insane here in this neighborhood because we've got our block party on Sunday, Saturday. There's a block party for noise pop, and we have the show at Atlas at two, and then a ton of other shows. So that's actually a really go, good show go check it out last year i remember going to that noise pop and it was a great crowd yeah it, it was, was a great crowd it's going to be hard to be like buy ticket but i'm going to have people buy tickets ahead of time for the seats and then if people want to stand around for free that's fine because i'm going to run tips at the end there you go Tip and try to comics. yeah because i want to get all the comics so that's the way that comics are going to get paid at every show is they'll get paid in tips and that's you know that's how we're going to work it let's just divide it equally among all the comics and Hopefully people are generous and because people are flying in from all over the United States. It's crazy. Crazy. Every year is crazier. I think people, I think we're definitely going to have a, a, a better turnout uh, this year. I just think because now people are putting COVID behind. I though, think they are, yeah. Though we're still in it. I think people are not as afraid to come out yeah. anymore in contrast to last year. So. Well, and last year all of them were outside because I right. still was concerned about all of that. The OMG ones were inside, but all the others were outside. 
And, um, but now everybody's feeling more comfortable again, I think. Yeah. And, um, I still wear my mask on the bus. I'm not crazy, but that's also because like fucking, I don't want to get any sickness. It's cold and flu season y'all. And Mm. I don't even want that. Like I, I've noticed like the BART lifted up their mask mandate. Oh, they did. Yeah. I still wear my mask. mask. I still, you know, I'm very weary because I guess in my mind, I'm trying to tell myself, uh, COVID is not over. Um, I, you know, thank God I haven't gone wood again. Yeah. Uh, haven't been ill with it. Um, well, but- I got a, I got a sickness two weeks ago, but I tested it and it wasn't COVID. And now I can't stop. I just smoke so much. And now it's still in my chest and it's just a cough. But I feel, and it's because I smoke too much, but I feel guilty be- whenever I cough because I'm like, it's not COVID. It's still I swear yeah. this is because I smoke too much. I smoke way too much. I've been very stressed out. So I've been smoking a lot of cigarettes and a lot of weed. I'm sorry. This is, this is, this, this wheezing sound in my chest is a hundred percent cigarette and weed based has nothing to do with COVID. But I assure you. You better be careful with them cigarettes. I know. I know. I know. You know, one, I have a feeling once things slow down for you after the festival, you better, you better quit. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it, a lot of it depends too on uh, that grant. If I move to if I move to Greece, cigarettes are four ten a pack. I'm uh, absolutely going to continue smoking. Be a true European. Yeah, absolutely. But if I if I do get the grant and I stay here, I will I will cut back on cigarettes because they're fourteen dollars a pack. I cannot afford Oof. it. I cannot afford to smoke. Period. That's if you buy two packs, that's twenty eight dollars. It's a lot of money. That's like thirty dollars with tax it's a lot of money it's a lot of money and i can't uh i can't afford that it's just not in my it's just not in my in my budget wow um, jesus christ that's a- yeah i know it's like gas and i get it prices keep going up and oh san francisco you're crazy and plus if you know as an ex-smoker i don't just buy any old cheap old cigarettes there's a per- there's a specific one i would buy yeah, Par- yeah. p-funks parliament lights were my smoke cigarette of choice yeah. so that's one the one i'm going to gravitate to which if it's not 14 dollars, it's probably going to be more than that i'm a i'm american spirit yellows uh blues if they don't have yellows and in in greece i was um galois blonde because they were in a blue pack and that was what i was smoking and man, those cigarettes, their cigarettes are different. They're not like American spirits last three times as long. Those Galois Blonde, man, it's basically like six drags. It's like, it's, I mean, it's just the French way to smoke. It's yeah. like, all right, six drags, done. All right, that was enough. It's weird. <laughs> They're so short. It was like, if you don't pay attention, suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, the cigarette's gone. Oh, that if was you weird. leave it on the ashtray for a minute. Yeah, it so. doesn't. It's like, it's gone. Anyways, <laughs> I smoke too much. <laughs> um so any other things to that that's newsworthy before we wrap it up uh get registered to vote and yes. then register to get some tickets for our comedy festival absolutely starting next week Oof, sunday sunday well excuse me this week yeah sunday week. at two o'clock atlas is the first show uh then we've got baby blues barbecue Ooh. then um omg and then bar on dolores that's the schedule on Sunday. Monday is lighter, but there's a lot of things at the station, which is very cool. And then we have joke workshop and then my birthday party that's going to be at the bar at Dolores. So Monday's a light day just because it's my birthday. And I was like, this will be fun. for." And it's not necessarily like people in real life buy them. It's more like this is just for the comics tank. But no, I'd like people to buy the tickets as well. That would be great. And then Tuesday, we start doing more shows and it ramps up Wednesday. We've got so many shows. Thursday, same thing. Friday, same thing. Friday. 
So 28 shows all week long. It's going to be wild. And I hope that you all get involved in San Francisco and, and laugh at these comics from all over the United States, as far flung as Montana, Maine, Minnesota, Ooh, Boston, M's. all the, the M's. M's. Yeah. And then Florida. You, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite or go to our website. Yeah. MutinyRadio.fm. Everything's there. All the details. And I just changed all the Eventbrites to make them make a lot more sense. So they say what day and time in the, in the show itself so that you have some idea. Because I was like, oh, my God, I'm making people do so much work to figure out what day and time it is. The, the, the fucking title doesn't help you out much. But now it does. <laughs> now it does. I'm learning, learning. Everything is learning. I mean, and I'm just, I have to say, and I get it. It's hard to stay, but I can't. I can stay positive. We're still, you know, a couple days out. And uh, if you build it, they will come. They will come. They'll come. And at least to the, come to the comedy crawl, you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the thing is, uh, Baby Blues Barbecue, it's a great venue. They have incredible food. OMG, um, they're another great venue on Tuesdays. They have two for one well drinks, which is incredible. So they're keeping their specials even during the show. Um, Emperor Norton's Boozland. We only have one show there, but it's upstairs and their area. It's gorgeous. It's like this awesome upstairs area. I've never been upstairs. There it's before. so great. And, um, the bar on Dolores, we're just in the bar. It's just a lot of fun. Um, real great neighborhood bar. Really just, it's, everything's going to be great. Alameda Comedy Club is an actual club. Go there. They also have really good food. They have to get these mac and cheese balls that are pretty fucking good. And um, Atlas, Atlas, Madam Racecar, everything is everything is going to be great. So check out yeah, Madam Racecar. We got two shows there. Swanky drinks. Super fun time. And that Wednesday, you can actually hit both shows. There's a 7 o'clock show here at Mutiny Radio. And then there's an 8.30 show right there at... Madam Race Car. So hit both shows. Have a whole night of comedy. Different comedians on both shows. So, yay. And we need a laugh right now. For real. I know. We need, we need a laugh. This is, the the festival is a therapy session for sure. everyone who needs to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, cool. See you guys next week uh, for all of that fun stuff. And, um yeah, and next week at this time, I believe I'm actually teaching a class called Microphones, How the Fuck Do They Work? Uh, <laughs> or no, it's called Microphones 101, Magnets, How the Fuck Do They Work? Because magnets are what make microphones work. And I'm going to teach a little thing. I think that's at once. We'll figure oh, it out. We'll nice. figure out our schedule. That's cool. And people can listen live to all those cool master classes here at Mutiny Radio and, uh, and join us. Thanks again. And join us on Sunday. LaToya's the Sheriff of Truth is working her ass off on all of these permits mm -hmm. to working with Livable City, who are the makers of Sunday Streets, to give us the Phoenix Day Block Party series on Sunday the 16th. So thank you so much for all of your hard work. That day is going to be amazing. You're very welcome. And then the promotion, I'm about to go in heavy this week, so that Woo. way we get a bunch of bodies and make some money. Yeah. What's that? It's not as that Sunday isn't necessarily about the money. It's We're going to talk about, about donations, but we want to bring the community together and we want to bring, we want the community to see Mutiny Radio's here. We're a thing. We're important. We're bringing people together. We want everyone to see all these comics and have a laugh and have family fun and check out some great artists. Um, Gnome Studios, amazing ceramics. Jenner Davis, an incredible artist. We have so much of their work here. And then uh, Creator SF is going to be bringing a lot of great, um, pictures they they do really neat collage work and i love them so 
It's an intro to making some money. Yeah. <laughs> well, just support local artists. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.